Both times a charm. Take four. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Lane Line podcast. Chris here, hope you're doing well. Um, and uh, we are here to discuss the two Scotland internationals that have just taken place as we end our qualifying campaign. Um, yeah, we end our qualifying campaign. Let's just leave that at the moment. Um, and of course, um, not on my own. I'm joined by my good friend Campbell Finlayson. Campbell, how are you doing? I'm no bad, Chris. I despite the fact we started this podcast at seven and it's now half time in the Athletic of the Red game <laughs> and we're only just getting on to it with the time you've taken. So I'm good personally. But. Let's talk about Scotland. Um, we are recording this on Tuesday night, came on an hour and a half ish after the, the defeat to Portugal. Um, Campbell, we'll get on to that because I think that's where the bulk of this conversation is going to kind of go. But let's let's try and alleviate the mood a little bit first of all. Let's, let's rewind to Friday. Um, the game against Cyprus and I think we both were of the opinion that uh, uh, a win was mandatory, uh, a comprehensive win would be nice and we got that um, defeating Cyprus 10-0 um, and on Friday afternoon as I left that game do you know what, for the first time in a few months I felt I felt kind of nice and warm and fuzzy about the, the national team um, after that game Campbell I didn't <laughs> but um, I, it was Okay, it was always good to get a win, but it became it was kind of fast. Really, it looked like a training game at times. I mean, Cyprus kind of got to what four or five nothing down, and just seemed to give up. When it was good to see Scotland kind of continue normal in your head and a game like that, you kind of you take your full for gas a bit, but they didn't keep going and to get double figures was was definitely good and it was a great win for them. But as we've said obviously a couple of weeks ago on my last pod, it's kind of it was all kind of irrelevant. So there's positive to take from it definitely, but there's still just that overwhelming sense of disappointment really by the end of it I think Yeah I mean it was a game that meant nothing against the Cyprus side who really didn't turn up at all I mean they had improved I'd spent quite a lot of time watching them prior to the game and um, they definitely had kind of improved their shape especially defensively but I mean Scotland got an early goal and just kind of didn't let up but beating 10-0 beating Cyprus 10-0 is lovely but in the games that matter um we are still found wanting, and that brings us on to tonight's game, well, this afternoon's game. Scotland now, Portugal 2. I mean, I, Campbell, I think for me, like the, the thing with this game is there was kind of, there was two two thoughts that went through my head. There was a positive me, which is always the one I was trying to bring out as much as possible, which was, okay, we've made some changes to the squad. So we had uh, Jenna Fife making her first competitive uh, start for Scotland, Sam Kerr making her first start for Scotland of, of any kind, and there was a bit of rotation in the squad for that 10 0 win. And then there was the other part of me that they looked at the starting lineup and went, This feels like the team that, that should have started against Cyprus because it had some experience in it, but it still had some experience to kind of bring them through the game. And um, what was your thoughts of the, the starting lineup, first of all, in terms of the, the ahead of the game? I, I quite agree with you. I think, I mean, it was, it was good to see different names, but you'd probably imagine they'd have come in in the game against Cyprus. I mean, obviously both games could have been used for experiment given we were already out but the separate one was always one we were going to win whereas today you could have done with some of the players that were maybe on the bench but I don't think overall really in either game we actually played that bad even this afternoon Scotland were the better team for especially the first half there was large spells of the game where we've, we've dominated it and then Jenna Fife who 
I haven't watched the game at the time. I was thinking she's having a good game here, and I'd kind of we've all seen plenty of her and Lee Alexander. And I really, I'd personally went with Jenna and goal as well. And then within about five minutes, obviously it was, was a mistake that led to the goal. But it was it's a team. I think it was good to see some different players in there, and I don't think any of them played overly badly. I mean, Sam, yeah, we said folks that recording there, maybe not a player that's played. Obviously, it's her first game, as you're saying, for Scotland, but she. We know what she can do in the SWPL and she didn't look out of place either. And then after the side, so there was definitely positives in the performance, but two sloppy, sloppy goals were gave away and overall it was not really good enough that in the way that Scotland kind of lost that game. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I was quite happy to see more... I, was, I think I was very vocal, actually, at full-time of the Cyprus game that I found it strange that Sam in particular hadn't got on. But to obviously, having made our debut in the Pinotar Cup at the start of last year, um, it was great to see her get a first start and I thought... Yeah, as, as you kind of alluded to, the first kind of 20, 25 minutes, we were really good. We had a lot of the ball. Um, we were moving Portugal a bit quite well. Portugal Portugal do Portugal things. Uh, we'll talk about that in a wee bit, I'm sure. But um, I, I thought we started really well. We created a couple of chances. Martha Thomas had a really nice chance earlier on from a clear Emsley course that uh, Marais managed to turn in the post. Um and yeah, it was it was looking good, but I, I don't know about you, Campbell, but the thing that started to rear into my head, looking back on the games against, well, the two games against Finland and the game against Portugal was we were falling into that dangerous pattern of having lots of the ball, but not getting the goal at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you saw on um, Friday, was that game played, that we also had to put the ball in the net, but doing it against the likes of um, Cyprus and Albania ends up It'd been easy for everyone when you kind of do it in the big games like this, then it does cost you. I mean, I think Scotland scored 26 goals in the group stage, 18 of them, and against Cyprus, another eight against Albania. The fact that we went through four games against the teams we need to beat have created plenty of chances across all four games, home and away, even though today was the home game away again. Um, and we just haven't taken them and then been made to pay for it with a sloppy goal or goals in every single game against Portugal and Finland. And in the end of it, it's a group where Scotland were obviously top seeds, one of the main favourites to go through. And it's totally their own fault that we ended up being knocked out. And it's it's certainly something that they'll need to work on coming to the next qualification campaign. Yeah, I mean, self-inflicted wounds. I mean, the, the Scotland women's national team's body is absolutely covered in the scars from these now. And it, it needs to stop. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a football coach, but I look at that as a fan and I go, this this keeps happening and it happened again today. Um, Scotland had lots of balls we were talking about, seemed in control and then a little bit of pressure at the back, which of course you kind of didn't get rid of the ball quick enough. It went back to Jenna Fife and Jenna took a touch and it kind of went away from her feet and Anna Capetta was there to kind of put the ball in the back of the net. And you just, you just looked at that cam when you went, I don't know about you, but it got to half time. We obviously the game kind of like evened out a little bit, got a little bit dull because Portugal had that lead to which we know they can defend. And it got to half time, and I, I felt like I was living like another life all over again. Like I'd seen this movie not once, but twice, but three times before now. It was, it was just so frustrating. Like how, at half time, what was your thoughts at half time when they kind of got in one 0 down, despite having all that possession, having a couple of chances, but then shooting ourselves a foot in the foot once again. Just that feeling of, well, here we go again, like you're saying. I mean, you could see, I've seen the replay when 
the ball hit the net at the first goal. Lisa Evans was the one on shot and she just turned and went away as if she was expecting it. And it's kind of that way where even the players were sort of like, right, okay, it doesn't make a difference for the games that we need to win. But there seems to be that acceptance kind of throughout the squad. And I mean, we're lacking off today, right? Back Lisa Evans can play there, but she's better on the ball further forward, I think. Rachel Cossie in the last few games I've seen her is just looking really slow and lethargic and again was the case today and obviously it was Jenna Fife that had clearance that's been in but she's been put under needless pressure for just how slow Rachel Cossie was I think Jen Beatty as well has been a passenger and when you straight away your defence that has been so reliable over these last few years is now they're giving away some daft daft goals every single game it's going to cost you and again it has done and when you're playing there as we're saying obviously we've got a few players out but this, the players we brought in should be good enough to be to cutting out these mistakes and then scoring the goals at the other end of the park and simply put Scotland and they've done it and they can't have any complaints we're going out and it's just it's frustrating for us watching it because as you say comes half time you kind of knew what way that game was going and then obviously losing the second goal right at the end was just kind of the final the final bit of icing on the cake it was just it was a it was poor goals to give away and just that feeling of oh, it's happened and we kind of knew that it was going to come yeah, I mean, I find the I, the, the central defence thing is such a strange one because if we look at that first goal, first of all, I I, I've, I was would have been of the opinion at the start of kind of this season. I thought you know Rich Corson maybe had kind of dropped a level, but she went on loan to Birmingham City in the WSL, and she was very key in their kind of resurgence underneath Carla Ward and she played herself in the form. I'm pretty sure she won or was definitely at least nominated for Player of the Month in WSL. Uh, but yeah, there just seems to be this thing at the back of we hold the ball and you can almost, there was a point actually in the in the second half in particular where you could predict what was coming out of the back. You knew that the ball would go short and it get passed between uh, Mitch Corson and Jen Beattie and then they would look to pass it out to one of the wings and that you, you I don't know, but I feel like I've, I see this pattern all the time. There's no, there's no difference in the, the approach out of the back. It always feels like it's the same thing. And then the, the most frustrating thing is second half starts, and I appreciate we're maybe darting a little bit all over the shop, but we are trying our best to keep rational. Um, but the, the frustrating thing, Campbell, is second half starts, and do you know what? We start well again, um, but we, we, we don't take advantage of the pressure we had again. And that's what cost you. It was, I mean, you look back to the previous games I've had as well. Finland away, we were the better team for again large parts of that start the second half, giving away a sloppy goal and the heads have dropped. And for then on, the performance dropped as well. Um, Portugal away again, we we're discussing that earlier. There was plenty of chances. Again, it was a soft, soft goal and it just killed us. And then the Finland game at Easter Road was that was one where it really should have been a comfortable night for Scotland. And then you've got the goal. When the Finnish girls was a bit broken nose when she scored it. I and mean, again this afternoon, you need to take these chances. And we've got plenty of attack players that know how to put the ball in the net. We've seen them do it for club and country. Why can they not do it now? I, I don't know. There seems to be seems to be a real lack of fight, I think, from a lot of the Scotland players as well. I mean, like we keep saying, obviously that no chance of qualification, but you still want to see that fight, especially if you're playing for your country, you should be wanting to fight for it, and you see the Portuguese players were giving us absolutely no time. I mean, if that's at the other end, Martha Thomas isn't he chasing their keeper down to force the goal, is she? I mean, their girl's done it. You see, I think it was Anna Bosch right back was the same. Chasing down absolutely everything for Portugal, whereas the Scottish players just don't bother. And when you see it, it's, it's so predictable. And I know we're not the only ones to think it. We can all see it coming. 
how can the players and the coaching staff not see it? I don't know. I mean, obviously, Stuart McLaren's only had a couple of games. And to win your first one 10 now, great. But when you're then playing a team that's going to be more of a challenge, and then for a minute, like, we've lost the goal, there's just there's been nothing changed, nothing that looks like we're going to then go on and get three points. It's it's predictable. And that is something that Scotland are going to need to fix. Yeah, it is predictable. And what became predictable in the second half was the, the Portuguese defence who, uh, I mean, one of the things I said during the game was that I'm amazed how few goals Portugal concede because they give out a lot of chances. Um, it's not a case of like they, they batten down the hatches and teams don't get opportunities, but they've got through qualifying only conceding two goals, um, both of which were against Finland. Uh, and as the game progressed, it started slowing down, it got a little bit stodgy. Um, their back four were joined by the three in front. Um, they started kind of gamesmanship. I mean, the, Portugal were there to win. They had that streak of they're going to win by any means necessary. And you saw that as a joke at the time when uh, Patricia Moraes, who caught a, caught a cross in the 47th minute, held it for a wee bit and then she went down to like, you know that thing that keepers do at the end of a game to kind of kill time? She was in that in the 47th minute. And do you know what? Fair play, because at the end of the day, Portugal won 2-0. Um, and let's, let's talk about that second goal, because the second goal coming in injury time came from across. Scotland didn't clear it properly. I, I mean, a brilliant finish from Fatima Pinto, uh, Campbell, in terms of the goal itself. But again, we didn't clear our lines at the back. And we brought brought a goal on ourselves for the multiple occasion. Um, and I, I think at that point, Campbell, I... I needed to take a wee breath, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, I hate watching defences when they try and play football for the back and they'll pass it out, especially when you've got players that kind of do it. Just clear the ball first and foremost as a defender. You don't need to be flashy, you don't need to know how to dribble or pass or do anything like that. Just get rid of the ball when you're under pressure like that and instead we flip the thing straight to the edge of our own box and let them come in and score. As you say, it's a great finish, but just stood on Mark haven't been given the ball by us. It's it's just sloppy. It's poor again. And it's it really is frustrating. Like, I mean, obviously we had such a good run up to the World Cup, what have you, and then there was obviously the bit of the fallout there and then the way we next did that tournament wasn't obviously great with with the VAR and what have you. But ever since then, even the games we've won, they've not been games you've looked at and thought, oh, we're, we're turning a corner here. There's always been that lingering doubt of a suddenly in Albania and uh, Cyprus and we're not going to win the games when they matter. And we haven't done and it, it, it's irritating to watch but ultimately it's, it's Scotland's fault and it's Scotland they need to improve no one else is going to be able to do it so it's a case of cutting out these errors and try to just get back to the basics and work to the, the way you know you can play rather than trying to be fancy with things and having to play these extra passes that you probably don't really need to Yeah I mean that, I think that was the thing that frustrated me the most about that last goal it was that it was a case of they were trying to clear their lines but didn't do it, it kind of bounced uh, header in the end and I tried to hit clearance and then as I said brilliant goal from Fatma Pinter full credit and Portugal are the ones that are going into the playoffs and I mean if you ask me are Portugal a good side no I mean they're not a bad side I don't think they're a bad side but are they a good side I, I mean they're not better than Scotland but they are the ones in the playoffs and there was two things that I mean, one of the things that really stood out for me was kind of halfway through the se- second half, as well as the kind of gamemanship from uh, Patricia Marais and goal, where the, the level of attack was going in uh, from the Portuguese. It was a couple of meaty ones, and there, there was like no Scottish rebuttal. There was a kind of like, oh, that's a, you could see the protests about the fouls, but 
we missed Dig. And the, the, the one player that gave us that dig, Leanne Crichton, has has retired. And I, I don't know about you, but are we just too nice now? Are we so wound up in how skillful and how good our players are on the ball that we've actually forgot about the kind of grit needed to get results, especially in these big games? I'd imagine but I'd say so. Sorry. I mean, you've seen Scotland across the years have always been sort of renowned as having a team that were always in the fight for everything at all levels and then you're now seeing the women's team where in these years they have done the likes of Leanne Crichton also Joe Love Leanne Rossible being there Hayley Lauder as well to an extent who're all suddenly not there and they're all experienced heads and a lot of these players obviously are playing at a higher level and what have you but they've not had that experience of being there and having done it with the national team and again they're all good players on the ball and good players in their own right but when you're not working as a unit and you're not fighting for all these things as you say then it just does become too easy to play through. It's like, like I said earlier on there, with the Portuguese team would chase down everything. You wouldn't get a minute on the ball, whereas Scotland are happy to sit off and just let teams play around them. And when teams do that, they're going to come out their shell and they're going to come and score goals against you. And again, these sides have. And having seen both Finland and Portugal, would I say either of them are better than Scotland? Have got the better quality players? Probably not. But know how to play better as a team. And Scotland don't have that. They don't have the grit. They don't have that fight. And that is what's cost them yet again. It's I know, I know it's easy for us to sit here and see it, and obviously it's, it's, it's done to the players like out there on the park. And we know that when things are going right, they can be a really good side to watch. But it seems to just be that whole kind of disbelief that they're going to actually do anything. They lose a goal, heads go down, and it's almost inevitable that a defeat is going to come. So there's something's got to change. And I think just sort of getting back to that bit and showing that fight, what you. You should have there. I know it's the playing out in Cyprus where it's going to be a lot hotter than it is here in games that, as I say, don't, in the grand scheme of things, really matter too much. But you should still have that fight there. And Scotland don't. And it's teams will come up against them at the minute thinking, right, we know they're going to be easy to play against. And that's that's disappointing. I mean, the fight thing's an interesting point because if you remember qualifying for the World Cup, Scotland fought back a lot during that. They had to um, come back from defeating uh, Belarus away and then obviously that, that game against Poland and obviously the the, the final game of the, the qualifiers where we had to defeat Albania to qualify and come from behind with Switzerland drawing away to Poland and that fight's been in the squad so it, it confuses me how it seems to have been so lost somewhere along the lines. Um, and I think the other thing, Campbell, is we are being quite critical at the moment but I think it's probably fair to say that in the in the grand scheme of things, we spend a lot of our time praising things, maybe over praising things sometimes to, to kind of get kind of get people talking about it, get people hyped up about the game. And it feels like maybe there needs to be more than us two on a podcast that, let's be honest, one day this won't last forever. I think we both know this. We're at different stages of our life, we're doing different things. And as long as we can get together and we can watch the game. We'll keep doing it, but it needs to be more than just us two and a couple of a few other people, and then the odd person in the media kind of remembering whenever Scotland play to kind of question this more. It does, and I think the the problem with it is when people are watching Scotland having having qualified. You saw the sort of media output that then came from the World Cup, the Euros less so, but it was there, and then you're now seeing them here and going out. There's plenty of teams that they have to beat. And then seeing them go through four games without scoring goals, folk are looking at that going, oh, they're nobody good then. Let's just gonna let's go away for that, especially with how well the men's side have done. So it's as much as 
when the women were doing well, the men weren't. It's now vice versa, and the nation's going to kind of turn away for that, and that's that's always going to be a problem. So there's got to be there's got to be something that changes. And as you say, look, I don't think us two diddies are going to make too much difference, but it's it's a start, and it's then just irritating, as you say, when you watch them, and it's like we know what's coming, especially when you look at the squad as we've discussed before. Some of the players that we've mentioned they're already away, and there's going to be others following. Because we're all, they're getting to that age and that stage of their careers where eventually international football will can disappear. There's not going to be many more tournaments left for them with the ages these players are at. So, and we've said we don't really have too much coming through. So, we, we don't want to be all doom and gloom, but it's certainly something that's got to be highlighted by us, by other folk as well. And I think by the players and staff, they need to come out and acknowledge that it wasn't good enough. And if they can do that, it's definitely a start. But even sort of the underwhelming nature of the appointment, as we've said before. That doesn't help when folk are coming out and going, well, it's, it seems like those in charge in the first place are going with the easy option. Then why is anybody else going to care? And that's hopefully not an attitude that sticks, but it, it certainly looks like it could be the case. I'd, yeah, I mean, the, the the phrase, and I said this to you before we started recording, is after the Finland game, both the Finland games, definitely after the, the second Finland game at Easter Road, there was an acknowledgement from the players that we know it needs to be better. And I, I 100% believe that, and I have no doubt that the players will want to do the best for Scotland. But when I when I watched that, that game against Portugal today, the things that needed to be better weren't better. The defensive lapses were still there. We still weren't putting the ball in the back of the net. And... I don't, I don't want to hear sound bites any longer. I want, I want to see action, and I think... I mean, let's move on to like one of the things that somebody asked. Uh, I'll put a wee call out on Twitter. There's a couple of kind of questions coming, and one of the questions asked was, "Do you think Stuart McLaren will be in charge come the start of the World Cup qualifiers?" And for me, <laughs> the answer is um, no. Well, and it's not a case of he has done. I mean, I, how do you even assess his job that he's done? Because he's played Cyprus, who you expect to beat. He's played Portugal, who. You know, you would want to be, you, we think we are better than, but at the same time, he's taken over at a time when we're out the tournament and we've had a really bad run of results. It's, I mean, for me, he sure isn't the man for the job, but I mean, what's your take on that in terms of like, who, what, where do we go next in that in that regard? I don't think he should be there, but I, I think he will be. I, I mean, the time we took after the decision, you saw some of the names putting their hat into the ring and then weaving the end, going for an easy option, someone that's already in the system, fairly unknown to most people, has then come in, humped a team that clearly are very good, and then lost to a side that are they're better than Cyprus, but probably not as good as Scotland, but again, have come here and they've won a game of football correctly, but even though they've not played great, they've been able to like show that man management, the game management, sorry, and then went on to win the game, and it's it's something that Scotland doesn't be able to do. And I think, I mean, Stuart McLaren, we don't want to come in and just sit and pan him for it all. Obviously, getting 10-0 wins, we said, first game, it'll all great. But I think when you look at it, Cyprus, what we've been playing a few years, 18-0 over two games. I mean, you could have put like, a full team there of SWF championship players out and they could have beaten Cyprus. I mean, no disrespect to that level, obviously. But you look at the team we're putting out, and you get players there that are playing. And then WSL, WSL uh, down south, what have you in there? It's, it's just poor. I think really when you see um, how Scotland then with these players up against Portuguese players, again, obviously some of them are in, you see some players playing at like Leon, what have you, but 
Scotland should be beating them there. And then the, the players themselves just seem underwhelmed by everything as well. And I think it's probably not right having Stuart in there. The case now, though, is, I mean, it's, it's still an attractive job. Don't get me wrong. It's not like folk are just going to go, oh, they've not qualified, let's just stop there. Because there's definitely still potential there in that Scotland squad. We've seen it in the last couple of years. But I think getting that decision right has to be has to be the priority. And I'm not personally putting any names in there, but I certainly don't think Stuart McLaren is the right option. Yeah, I mean, if this if the appointment with Stuart was with Stuart McLaren was to buy some more time, okay, you've got that time. You now need to make a, a the right decision. There is a huge onus now to get this right because I think with this current squad that we've got, Campbell, I, I think we both agree that. We've definitely got a World Cup qualifying run and getting to the finals left in this squad. You've got players who are still in their mid-20s who will be coming into their prime. We've got a couple of players who are maybe 29, 30, maybe a bit more experienced, but two years down the line, it'll probably be their kind of last, potentially their last hurrah, especially considering how I think the longevity of women's players is now shortening a little bit as the game gets more professional. Um, so, yeah, I think there's such a, a massive bonus on getting the right appointment. Obviously, there's been... Um, a new head of girls and women's football brought in at the SFA and hopefully that can help get some focus for the first time in 18 months where there hasn't been one but I think it's it's so important that this this next appointment is not it has to be done right I think for me there's two things it has to capture people's imagination but it also has to be right for the job um, somebody asked me who, who I want next and I, I don't know I, that's my honest answer I'm trying to still swivering in this Two and a half months after Shelly Kerr um, obviously left the role uh, on Christmas Eve itself, a weird thing um, doing it on that, that being announced in that particular day. But it needs to be somebody who knows women's football, who understands the talent that's available. And I think it, it needs to be somebody with fresh eyes. I think that's my biggest thing, Campbell. I don't know you, it could be you could bring somebody in house or you could be bringing somebody in who is around the Scottish football circles or in that SFA system. But do you know what? It needs, I think it needs brand new eyes on it. That That's me, this is me just now saying that off the top of my head that I'm thinking about it out loud. It needs brand new eyes for people come in and say, look, this isn't right, this is good, this is bad, this needs to be better, we're doing this very well. Um, and that's that's kind of my thought on it in that in that respect. When you look at the men's team, when it kind of got to that stage of, right, we're stagnating here, Everyone wanted Steve Clark in. He was the obvious choice with the work he'd done at Kilmarnock. He knew, obviously, the Scottish team in Scotland went out and got him. With the women's one here, there's no name that we're all like, right, definitely, he or she's the person we need to get. Let's go and do it. We've seen some bigger names that have now taken jobs elsewhere or that are there that are, again, outside that Scottish football circle, as you put it. Are they better options? Possibly, possibly not. We don't know, obviously, until they come in, but it's got to be someone, I think, as you say, that, I can just come in and be ruthless with it. They're not going to come in and be like, oh, you're one of my favourites because I've, I've been with you for these youth levels or whatever. Get someone in that knows, obviously, they'll know the quality of some of the players playing down south and what have you, but they need to be able to come in, as you say, and just kind of make their pick of going, right, this is my strongest set of players and this is the strongest team that I'm going to play. And just get back to the basics, as I put it earlier on, just pick out the players in a formation that suits the players we have and work it for that, and definitely, I think fresh eyes would be would be um would be the right thing to do. I mean, those fresh eyes could be within the system. Let's let's be fair. There could be somebody there who's absolutely champing at the bit and has it has something clear in their mind. But um, yeah, I think 
that needs to happen, and I think it needs to happen. It needs to happen soon. I think that's my other thought: is if the longer this gets dragged out, the more it becomes easy to dwell on what's happened. The more it becomes easy to kind of forget about the women's national team, especially as we head into a summer where the men's side are going to the Euros. We might not be able to go, but they're going to the Euros. And yeah, I think the sooner that happens, the better, because it gives everybody a chance to get that slate clean nice and early. Um, the the World Cup qualifying draw won't be for you while well yet, but Scotland will go into that. Not favourites for the group, I wouldn't imagine, depending on the draw, but they will definitely go in with, with a shout of qualifying. Um, I think it's probably the first hurdle that women's football in Scotland has had since that kind of boom of the Euro 2017. Um, what? How do you think that, that that hurdle can be jumped over? Well, making the right appointment, I think first and foremost, to be saying, obviously we're sitting, we're sitting saying that here and we're not really clue ourselves of who we like, but it's got to be someone that has been, that's wants the job themselves, that has got that pedigree and then has been researched properly as well by those in charge making the decision, get someone in that can then can put these players into their best positions and play a formation that suits Scotland. I think a lot of the time we're trying to shoot on players in places where they probably don't don't belong as such. And then, I mean, there's obviously the players you have to work with. There's there's not too many coming through or saying some are getting past it, but still a good enough squad there. And as you say, we've probably got one more tournament before you're seeing some of these names dropping off as well. So it's getting the right decision and have someone that can set up a team to play football to their own strengths rather than trying to stick to something that I think clearly hasn't worked in this recent campaign. Yeah, I think we'll we'll finish it at that. We um, look forward to an exciting appointment. We look forward to winning the World Cup in 2023 and we look forward to seeing some of our, our favourite players scoring hundreds of goals. It should be, it should be a good times. Um, Campbell, uh, Thanks very much for coming on, as always, my friend. Uh, uh, your thoughts are always welcome. All right. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Uh, and uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, obviously, at the moment, women's football is still on hold at time of recording. We will see what happens with that in the next couple of, or maybe the next couple of days, actually, because it seems like there's some conversations been going on. Um, but whether that actually leads to football, who knows at the moment. I think it's just a case of getting life back to normal, I think is my priority at the moment. But uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, stay safe. And uh, come on to Scotland. We'll, we'll get them next time. Catch you later. <laughs>